Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. All right, we're in Genesis 23. So locate the book of Genesis, turn to chapter 23. Last time we were together, we looked at that magnificent prophetic picture of Abraham and Isaac up on Mount Moriah. And there together they acted out the gospel. And it's a beautiful picture. 2,000 years before Jesus would die on that same mountain range in Mount Moriah, Abraham would be asked to give the son of promise. Uh, of course, the angel of the Lord stops him and he doesn't have to sacrifice him. But we mentioned uh, last time we were together that another father, 2,000 years later, the knife did come down on his son. And he's the ultimate son of promise. Uh, Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of laughter and joy. Isaac or Isaac's name in Hebrew means laughter. But Jesus had the oil of gladness above his companions. Of course, he did what he did for the joy set before him, the will of the Father, and of course, that you would be and I would be in heaven. That's a tremendous love that he has for us. As we've been watching Abraham and we've been watching Sarah, we've been watching them on a faith journey, and we're to follow in the footsteps of Abraham. And we're not only to follow in his footsteps, we're to follow in the footsteps of Sarah. Sarah is held up as a woman of honor, a woman of faith in the Bible. It's good to have footsteps to follow. It's good to see people in the Bible that were real, not perfect, had their blunders, made their mistakes, but kept learning and kept growing and kept moving forward. But uh, as life is, uh, there is a time when life changes. There's a time when life ends. And this particular uh, section is about the death of Sarah. And I think it's a very compelling section. It's a, it's a reminder that life is short. And uh, I, was, I happened to be driving in a little while ago t- into Living Truth and happened to hear this preacher on the radio, uh, Pastor Michael Lance, uh, he <laughs> says some decent things every now and then. But in fact, as I tuned on to our radio broadcast that airs at 6.30 p.m., I heard these words, and it was in regard to Stephen from Acts chapter 7. It's not how many years you live, it's what you do with the years that you've been given. Amen? Amen. So we're going to focus on that tonight. Let's pray. Father, as we look at um, the death of Sarah and how that affects Abraham and how you know the, the faith journey... Um, <laughs> it can take us right through death as well. We're not just living for this time, we're living for a a better country. Uh, Not just living for this country. Abraham was not just living for the physical footprint of Israel. He was looking to another city whose foundations and architect is God. Thank you that you've gone to prepare a place for us and that faith can even see us through times of death. We all deal with death. We've lost loved ones. There are some here who have lost spouses. There are some here who have lost multiple people recently. It's a real uh, sobering reality, Father, that we only have so much time, and we often take time for granted. We often think that those people 
that are in our lives are gonna be there forever, but that's not necessarily the case. In fact, it's not the case. And so I pray that with the time that we've been given, we will, you will teach us to number our days, Lord, that we might present to you a heart of wisdom, that we might be people who live wisely, that we don't take things for granted and waste our lives. So help us as we uh, tackle this particular chapter. Lead us and guide us by your Holy Spirit. Open our ears, open our hearts, open our eyes. Uh, Father, to what you would say to us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Genesis uh, 23, verse 1. Now Sarah, Genesis 23, verse 1, lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. So there you have a an ending point in the life of Sarah. Her name, Sarai, then Sarah, really is... Uh, Princess. This is the end of a reign of royalty, if you will. She didn't live in a castle. She lived in a tent. But she was a royal woman in many, many ways. A woman of dignity, a woman of honor. And her name literally means princess. And so this is the end of her life. In fact, uh, the number 127 in the record of Sarah's life, she's the only woman I know of in the scripture who actually were told how many years she lived, 127 years. I think every other occurrence is the end of a male's life, not a female. It, it tells you the significance of Sarah's life. We might ask the question, why is she the only woman that we have an ending point of her age? Well, I have concluded that it's because women won't tell us how old they are. So wouldn't you agree? Is that a pretty good interpretive angle? Yes? Anyway. <laughs> so uh, just, you know, something that you learn as along life's journey is don't ask a woman how old she is. Uh, if she offers the information, that's one thing, but don't try to, and don't guess, because you'll always be wrong. So don't even try to guess. But Sarah lived a long life, 127 years, and uh, Proverbs 18.22 says, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure. This is the New Living Translation. And he receives favor from the Lord. Many of you know that verse is that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And when you find a good woman, hang on, gentlemen, because it's a gift. She's a gift from God. In fact, the word has the idea of a treasure from the Lord. And uh, when Sarah and Abraham left um, Ur, or uh, I think in this case it's a little bit later in Haran, she's 65 at the time, and she dies at 127. So if you do some quick math, she's 65 when they leave Haran. That means if she dies at 127, they've been married over 60 years, but they probably got married a lot earlier, and scholars would conclude that Abraham and Sarah were probably married at a younger age, which means they probably celebrated 100 years of marriage. <laughs> so we're on the radio today, and Pastor Chris asked me the question, I know about a silver anniversary, I know about a gold anniversary. What's the silver's 25, gold's 50, right? I don't know if they have one for 75. I don't know what you give people for 100. Um, I think you shake their hand and ask them to write a book. Would you not agree? I think I would sit with that person and glean as much wisdom as possible from what they've learned over 100 plus years of marriage. So here's Sarah, 
and she finally dies. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. I'm going to get personal for a second and tell you that at some point, in some way, there's going to be a record with your name with very similar language. These were the years of the life of Michael Lance. These were the years of the life. You can put your name there. You may not think it's going to happen, but I have news for you. We do age. I have a good friend. He's visiting from Idaho. He went into my office. He saw a picture of my wife and I. We're at the farm in Norco, and I think it was the late 90s. And he goes, boy, Michael, you have aged. (laughs) Good friends really know how to edify you. He goes, your wife looks the same, but you? And he just kind of shook his head at me. And I said, thank you, brother. I, I appreciate the truth. I'm not sure if it set me free there, but anyway, I do appreciate a man of truth. These are the years of the life of Sarah. You are going to have a certain amount of years. And what you do with them is what really matters. There's a dash between two dates, when you are born and when you're going to die. And I ask you, what are you doing with it? What do you want to do with it? Because there's going to be an ending point. Psalm 90 teaches us something about this. This is a psalm from Moses. If you turn there, Psalm 90. Um, As you know, David wrote many of the psalms, but not all of them. This particular psalm is from Moses, and Moses is the author of Genesis. And so Psalm 90, let's pick it up in verse 1. The whole psalm is incredible, so let's just see what Moses says about life and death. Psalm 90, he says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place, verse 1, in all generations. Psalm 90, verse 2. Before the mountains were born, or thou did give birth to the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God Thou dost turn man back into the dust, Psalm 90, verse 3. Thou dost say, return, O children of men, for a thousand years in thy sight are like yesterday when it passes by, or as a watch in the night. Thou hast swept them away in a flood, they fall asleep. In the morning they are like grass which sprouts anew. In the morning it flourishes and sprouts anew. Toward evening it fades and withers away. Psalm 90, verse 7. For we have been consumed by thine anger. By thy wrath we have been dismayed. Think of Moses in the wilderness with the people. Thou hast placed our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy presence. For all our days have declined in thy fury. We have finished our years like a sigh. As for the days of our life, they contain 70 years or due to strength 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, and for soon it is gone, and we fly away. Who understands the power of thine anger, verse 11, and thy fury according to the fear that is due thee? And then Moses says in light of this, so teach us to number our days, that we may present to thee a heart of wisdom. Do return, O Lord, how long will it be? Be sorry for thy servants. Feel sorry for us, O Lord. O satisfy us in the morning with thy loving kindness, that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. Make us glad according to the days thou hast afflicted us and the years we have seen evil. Let thy work appear to thy servants, thy majesty to their children. 
Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and do confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. Genesis uh, 23, if you turn back there. Lots of uh, lessons from Moses about life and death. He certainly learned a lot in the wilderness. And when you look at the subject of death, we all need to know this. We need to be reminded of this. I think we know it. The wages of sin is death. In fact, death, this is a little hard, but it's true, is a penalty from God. The soul that sins shall what? Surely die. The reason we die is because of sin. And when I stand before people at memorial services and the like, and I talk about death, I do try to explain why we die, because it's a bit of a mystery. Something happens to us in our 20s, and something happens in our cells, and we begin this dying process. Some people say we start dying the moment we're born, but something does shift along life's path, and it happens to us medically, scientifically, and nobody can stop it. Nobody can, you can try to slow it down. You can do the best you can, and we should try to live well, but you know what I'm saying. The clock ticks. Time does not slow down for any man or any woman. And people who think they're going to beat it, well, death is quite impressive, as you all know. And the statistics on death are impressive. So what do we do? Well, we live, we live for the promises. And Sarah is held up here now as one of those women that we should pay attention to. Pay attention to. She had her hang-ups. Hagar was a major hang-up for Sarah. You all know that. She suggested that Abram uh, go into Hagar and try to produce offspring. And that did not work real well. And then Ishmael came along and there was tension and there were problems. And finally, she wanted them out of the house. And Abraham acquiesced and they went out. She had her problems. Um, she laughed when God made the promise about Isaac. And then God said, why did you laugh? And she said, I didn't laugh. When you try to tell God that you didn't do something, it's not a good thing. And God said, yes, you did laugh. So she laughed at the promise of God, and then she lied about it. We've all been in that position before. We've made our mistakes. But Sarah walked by Abraham's side for maybe 100 plus years. And it wasn't always easy for her. For example, he heard the Lord say, leave everything you know, leave Ur of the Chaldees and go to a land that I will show you. Can you imagine sharing that news over some cereal to your wife? Honey, we're packing up and moving. Where are we going, sweetheart? I don't know. We're just supposed to go. She went with him. She too walked by faith and not by sight. And two times we know as we've read the record of Sarah's life, Abraham asked her to lie. And two times she's put in the harem of a foreign king to protect him. And she acquiesced to that. She did what he told her to do and God protected her. But that was, that was a problem. Sometimes, you know, us, you know, the, the ladies who have men in their lives who like to take leaps of faith and like to step out in faith, it can unnerve a lot of the ladies. I'm married to a very orderly woman. She likes predictability and she likes order. I am a shoot from the hip type of guy. I'm very spontaneous. Let's just go. And she gives me the list of 25 things that I didn't think about. 
And together, praise God, we are stronger because we help each other. We help fine-tune each other and challenge each other. Sarah is held up as this woman of honor. And here in Isaiah 51, uh, we get a little bit more information about her. Let's, we're going to look just at a few scriptures about Sarah. Let's go to Isaiah 51, verses 1 through 3. Isaiah 51, 1 through 3 says, listen to me. Isaiah 51, 1. Try to give you a moment to get there. Isaiah 51, 1 says, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug, Isaiah 51, 2. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave birth to you in pain. This is addressing the nation of Israel coming from Abraham and Sarah. When he was uh, one, I called him, God is saying. Then I blessed him and multiplied him. Indeed, the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. And her wilderness he will make like Eden. And her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and sound of a melody. Israel is being encouraged, if you'd all turn now to 1 Peter chapter 3, to go back to the foundations. If you're ever lost and wondering what to do, go back to the foundation. Go back to the things that you learned from the beginning. Go back. There's no other foundation that that can be laid except that which is laid, which is what? Jesus Christ. If you're ever wondering what to do, what do I do in this situation? What's my default mechanism? Always go back to what you know in Christ. Always go back to him. Always go back to the foundation on which you've built your life. 1 Peter 3, verse 4, gives a encouragement to ladies about Sarah. 1 Peter 3, 4 says, let it be the hidden person of the heart, 1 Peter 3, 4, with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves being submissive to their own husbands. Most guys have this marked in their Bibles. Thus Sarah (laughs) obeyed Abraham, verse 6, calling him Lord. Uh, I've suggested that a few times at home. You may now address me as Lord. (laughs) That doesn't go over real well. Uh, And you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. Let me just, on a serious note, break this down, ladies. Sarah is called a holy woman, verse 5. She hoped in God. She was submissive to the leadership of her husband. She even obeyed Abraham. And we can see on several occasions, this, uh, this put her in a situation or a predicament that was all not, not always predictable. In fact, it might have been scary for her to follow him from Ur of the Chaldees, to follow his lead on some things, but she did do that. And she wasn't frightened. She did not live her life in fear. Do you? It's amazing how many things could have scared Sarah. How many steps of faith God actually asked her to walk. In fact, in the last chapter, when we look at um, what happened on the Mount Mount Moriah, she learned along with Abraham that the Lord will provide. But it wasn't always easy. And the faith journey is not always easy. 
Abraham had many challenges and troubles, including times of barrenness, famine, war, mistakes, missteps. He asked her to lie. She acquiesced. He interceded for Sodom, but then Sodom was destroyed. There was tension with Hagar, the years with Ishmael, the loss of Ishmael as he left, yet through it all, she was faithful. These two were truly soulmates. What makes a soulmate? I think the thing that links souls together the most is a common faith in Christ. Amen? When you don't have that with your spouse, I know it's hard. But when you are moving together, when you're walking together with someone through life and they have that same um, faith, it's a beautiful faith journey together. The longevity of their marriage shows you that a married couple can make it through many trials and tribulations. Go back to Genesis chapter 23. Uh, Marriage is not easy. Marriage is the school of discipleship. In fact, in premarital counseling, Pastor Chris can tell you this, we often try to talk people out of getting married (laughs) to see if it works because we want them to know. We want them to go into marriage with their eyes wide open. You've heard the old saying, go into marriage with your eyes wide open. After you get married, keep them half shut. It's a good philosophy. And these two walk together, but now she's gone. Over 100 years of marriage. Can you imagine that? We, we, we have walked people through times of grief and sorrow in so many different contexts in ministry, but now she's gone. Sarah died. This is uh, Numbers 23, two, excuse me, Genesis 23, 2. I'm trying to make this not crackle on us. Genesis 23, 2 says, Sarah died in Kiriath Arba, that is in Hebron, in the land of Canaan. That's the promised land, that's Israel. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Two Hebrew words here. The word mourn is kafad. It means to tear the hair and beat the breast. It's a strong word. It's a word of lament. It's a word that means to wail. In the ancient times, people would beat their chest and they would even put ashes on their head and they would cry out. And I don't know what's going on with my microphone. I'm sorry. Um, and Abraham did just this. The, the word for weep here is baka, and it means to cry or to shed tears, and generally it means to bemoan. Um, I've heard some pastors who have made this claim, and I think it's stupid, just to be blunt. They will address an audience at a a service where someone has just passed away, and they will tell people that as a Christian, you shouldn't cry. You shouldn't cry for the dead. You shouldn't shed tears because after all, that person's in heaven. So why should you cry? And I found myself in certain, I found myself in certain contexts sitting and listening to somebody else and trying to hold myself in my chair and not get up in the middle and say something that might be a bit uh, disrespectful to what was going on. But mourning for one who has died is not only permitted, it is expected. Let me say that one more time. Mourning for someone who has died that you love is not only permitted, it is expected. For crying out loud pun intended, Jesus cried at the tomb of Lazarus. 
I mean, take a look at your Bible, amen? He even knew he was going to raise Lazarus, and he's weeping over the death of a friend. In Acts 8, I think it's around verse 2, when Stephen dies, they go and get the body, and they made loud lamentation over Stephen. That's New Testament. That's the death of Stephen. Stephen said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, and yet they wept for him. In Ecclesiastes 7.2, it says, it's better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting because that is the end of every man and the living takes it to heart. Ecclesiastes 7.2 means you learn more at funerals than you do at parties. In our journey together in the book of Genesis, we've come to chapter 23, and as we do, we come to the death of Sarah. You know, sometimes when the Bible mentions someone dying, it's just kind of a matter of fact. And this person died and that person died. And, you know, when death hits at our doorstep, it is a difficult thing to deal with, to say the least. And Abraham had to bury his beloved wife, the wife through whom God had done miracles. But the book of Ecclesiastes says there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. And Sarah's time had come. You know, life is a precious gift and we have a dash between two dates where we get to live and we get to follow God. And the good news for Christians is that death is not the end. In fact, death is simply a doorway because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. As you're listening to this broadcast, you may be going through the loss of a loved one or maybe someone as close to you is terminally ill and you're wondering, What's next? What's going to happen? Is God in this? And you know, the good news is that even though through death, uh, through Adam came death because of sin, through Jesus Christ came life. And the Bible says, for as in Adam all die, but in Christ all shall be made alive. And God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And he's the God of Abraham of Isaac and Jacob. He's the God of Sarah and the God of many other godly women in the Bible that we've already met along this journey. And what we know, the hope that we have, is that God is going to be true to this promise where he says, because I live, you will live also. But Abraham had to bury his wife and he did and he bought a burial ground and he buried her. And he had to say, at least see you later, because in the Christian journey in the journey of faith. When one dies in the Lord, it's not goodbye, but it is see you later. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry, and we have an opportunity to expand our reach. We exist to build up believers and reach out with the gospel to others. And we need you, our listening family, to partner with us in prayer and in giving in order to do that. You can give in a couple different ways. One way is to go online to livingtruthradio.org. Or you can send in your offering to Living Truth Christian Fellowship, 1009 Arsenal Way, Corona, California, 92880. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the Church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at Living Truth Corona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.